0: Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. Let me speak to you a little bit about the presence of God, and also then I want to take you into what I believe is very important for us to take home tonight with us, in, uh, in the sense of being practical in our lives. So let me speak about the presence of God. Because the presence of God showed up tonight. And I think it will be uh, not right not to speak about that. What is the presence of God? The presence of God is the person of God. Okay. So what I want you to know is that the glory of God is not the anointing. The anointing is to, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, cast out demons, bring sight to the blind, and we can know the characteristics, the ingredients of the anointing. The glory of God is the attributes of God, characteristics of God. So you'll feel the glory of God. The presence of God is God himself. So you have to understand those realms of the supernatural. You have to understand how it works. Because sometimes the anointing comes and we have to flow in the anointing. And and I'm not just talking about church, okay? I'm talking about business. I'm talking about life. You will feel the anointing. Then you'll feel the glory. And sometimes you'll feel the presence of God come. Tonight there were moments that I felt the presence of Jesus. That means He's here. Alright? So... Let me give you an example, maybe practical. If I take this iPad and, um, Louis, come here. Take this iPad and give it to Mark uh, down there. Now, he's taking my iPad, he's taking what I have. All my messages are on there. Okay? So the glory of Nikki is on there. He can literally open that iPad and preach anything he wants. So that's the glory of Nikki. All right, I can say, you know what, I can't go and preach in, um, uh, let's use Harry or my son there. He went to Namibia. So he went to preach there. I didn't go, but my glory went there in representation of my sons and daughters. But here's another thing this is the presence. Bring back my iPad. This is the glory of Nikki. Hold you. This is the difference. When I go to him and I tell him everything that's in there on black and white, now my presence, my smell, my aroma, my, show, my everything is here. And that's what we pursue. I don't just pursue the anointing and, and the glory. It's all great. But we want to pursue the presence of God. That's when Jesus shows up. That's when he. Himself comes. He himself manifests himself. And that is when the fullness of God starts coming in. The glory of God starts coming in. And how does the presence of God affect me? Here's a couple of things how the presence of God will affect you. Number one, it will awaken your consciousness of God. When the presence comes, you become aware of Him. It's like, sure. God's here I have been in business meetings no praise and worship secular people worldly people and I could feel the presence of God I could feel Jesus walking and I knew when he walked in the deals are signed I can do and say whatever I want in the will of God and it will be established so in the presence the the person comes. And you become conscious of Him. Sometimes I would walk in my house and feel Him. This is good, like this goosebumps, like, yo, That was interesting. Other people who are not conscious of God says, Oh, somebody walked over my grave. Yeah, because you're so world, so natural. You don't even think about God. You think about dead people. You need to be conscious of Him. When you become conscious of Him, it awakens your 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 whole consciousness, your, your mind gets so alert to him. And when he so he becomes so real, I've said it so many times. Jesus becomes so real that he's more real to me than you. Because you enter into the realm of the presence of God. Sometimes the service ends, and we think that the Spirit of God ends. When the spirit, when the service ends the residue of the Spirit goes with you. If you buy a car and somebody smoked in that car, you can do whatever you want. You're not getting that smoke out because there's a residue of it. That's why we can come to this church. This church doesn't host, or let me rather rephrase that, this building, mortar and bricks cannot host the presence of God. However, the residue of the presence of God is in that bricks there. I'm telling you, because we walk in this building and I walk, I'm, I'm here every day of my life. Well, Mondays to Thursdays, I work here. When I walk into this building, I feel the presence of God. I feel the glory of God. I feel the anointing of God. I feel the peace of God. If you want peace, just come and walk in this auditorium anytime during the week and you'll feel. It's the peace of God because it hosts It's there's so much residue in the atmosphere that anything is possible when we walk into this place we just become aware of him once we are aware of him he manifests is that correct family? another thing is when you are in his presence your attitude changes mm. because your attitude must be conducive for the presence of God that's why some receive and some do not receive because the attitude is wrong so I would say Jesus in the house I won't just say stuff like that understand I am it's my job to know where he is okay so I say Jesus is in the house or the Holy Ghost is in the house or I will say the anointing is in the house or the glory is in the house. You must listen to what I say and then you can react. It will give you direction. So once you become aware of that, your attitude change. So I can see uh, in one row, somebody receives the presence because the attitude is, God's here. I'm going to worship Him. In the same row, another one is like, why are they singing that song? What's up with the Christmas lights? What's up with Pastor Nikki? What's up with this guy in front of me? Why are they doing and, and now all of a sudden, your attitude in the presence of God causes you not to feel Him. Amen. Amen. The presence of God awakens the fear of God in our lives. There's no need to talk about worship when the presence is here. There is no need to talk about giving when the fear of God is here. I don't have to tell you to give. If the presence of God comes, my natural reaction is to give. My natural reaction is to worship. It was very interesting to me tonight. We were doing our praise and our worship. It was great. I asked Nadine to put in an extra song of Yeshua, and they did it. Incredible job. Here's what I saw. When we started singing that, by the third time we started singing that, we went from 20% of people worshiping like this. Let me show you how you worship, because I'm standing here. Yeshua. My phone. Walking around. By the third time we sang. We went from 20% of people that are spectators. To all of a sudden eighty 85% of all of you. Without Nadine, me, nothing said nobody. Your spirit started reacting to. He's. Something is here. Not something. Jesus is here. And all of a sudden your hands went from pocket size to worshiping him. Because your spirit, without you knowing, reacted to him in the building. How awesome is that? That's the presence of God. When he comes, you react. There's no way that you cannot. There must be an emotional attachment to the presence of God. People say, don't sweep people up emotionally. Listen, listen, listen. Your emotions will react. People laugh. People cry. People jump. People get goosebumps. People fall. Doesn't? I don't know. There's something that will happen when you react to the presence of God. Let me give you one or two more. The presence of God, when it comes, awakens worship. If you're not worshiping, it's because... You don't acknowledge his presence. When a judge walks into a courtroom, they acknowledge him. Somebody will will go and say, Courtroom in session, judge is in the room. Everybody stands when a natural judge walks in. And then the judge says, You can take your seats. When Jesus walks in, listen, it is important for you. Maybe I should help you something. It's important that you don't sit and worship. The judge has walked in. The king of kings has walked in. The Lord of lords has walked in. Therefore, you need to honor him like you would honor a natural judge. Worship him. We stand before the presence of God. We adore the presence of God. We flow with him. Because he's presence. But here's the thing. People who sit in worship are people who cannot acknowledge. Now, I understand if you are sick and, and all that stuff, okay? If you've got physical ailments, I understand that. But I'm talking about just chilling there. Like you're on the beach when the King of Kings walks in. That means you don't acknowledge the very presence of Jesus. So when the presence comes, it awakens things in mind. It awakens your giving, it awakens your praise. And let me close with this one is that whatever you criticise you will never have access to. If you criticise the team, criticise me, criticise the message, the church, this anointing here will not rest on, you. It won't come to you. The anointing you respect and the anointing you serve is the anointing you will attract. And the anointing shall come upon you. Hallelujah. The anointing gets transferred to you by serving. That's how it comes. The Anointing doesn't just fall out of the sky. Elijah had to serve. Elisha had to serve Elijah. You have to serve the kingdom of God for you to get the anointing. And so we have to understand how the anointing of God works and how the anointing of God affects us. Now, uh, before I go a little bit further, let me see if I can show you something else here. Uh, where's my iPad? Who's got it? Mark's got it. Put it back this. Way. Here's some of my notes here. <clears throat> um, I've, I really try to write very nice. I've got a gift of writing nice. Few people has the discernment, but um, I want to say. Let me show you something here. If if I give you this page, Almeri, okay? I'm don't do anything. I'm going to put it. No, no. Can you read there? No. Why? It's too close, right? When you get too close and familiar with the presence of God, you can't see that anymore. That's why we can be be close in the spirit. But no, don't walk into familiarity. Because then you don't receive from me anymore. There must be the distance. Right? So this you can't see. And now that will start getting into focus. You understand? So now you get into focus because you are not too close. And now you all of a sudden can receive a couple of things from God. Serving. Let me, let me hang in there. <clears throat> mm. Serving. Say serving. serving. Say it again. Serving. serving. Thanks, son. Let me hear what the Spirit of God says. Serving, serving, serving. The more I serve, the more anointing I'll get. Is that correct? Because I serve the kingdom of God. I serve His kingdom. I serve His people. And because I do that, I have access to... To serving God. Now let me see if I can give you a couple of things here. Tonight. Are you ready for a couple of things? That was just about the presence of God. How many of you like the presence of God? Amen. I think this will work perfectly. Mark chapter 4 verse 25. Just a couple of minutes. Then I'll let you go. For he that has. To him more will be given. But whoever does not have. Even what he has. Will what? Alright we have to read it again. Because some of you don't like this scripture. Let's check this thing out. For whoever has. God. To him more will be given. But whoever does not have. Now that's a bit confusing, right? That's a bit of an issue, right? I have nothing. I surely should get something. He says he that doesn't have even what he has will be taken away from him. It must be true that even though it's a strange scripture and sounds unfair, that there's still a truth in this. And I want to just dive a little bit into this because the presence of God works, I think, exactly like this. The more presence, if you have presence, you'll become a carrier of more presence. If you don't want presence, it could be taken away from you and given to the one that wants more. He that has, I want you to see a couple of things here. He that has will have more. Let's speak about this in the right context. He that has money, houses, and cars shall have more. Money, houses, and cars. Rich people who has get richer. Is that correct? Come on, speak to me, yeah? And never seems to lack anything while the poor gets poorer. Africa is the poorest continent in the world. It's the only part in the world that has constantly become poorer over the last 30 years. America, Europe has become richer and wealthier and increased their gold reserves, fortunes, properties. In Africa, on the other hand... We've destroyed our infrastructures. We've destroyed our resources. We have no infrastructure to do anything. Civil wars have broken out. And it's very clear that a person here who's caused all these things will have less. So here's my, my first point. He that has, more will be given. If you have a home, it is very likely you will have another house. Very likely. A person who has not built a house is less likely to build a house in the future. A person who does not have a house is more likely to lose his present accommodation. He will go from renting to renting to renting. People who have cars are more likely to own more than one car. Maybe I should just stop here because nobody helps me. Poor people who do not own cars are always riding with buses and taxis and will more likely be riding with buses and taxis in the years to come. Those who have, more will be given to them. Those who do not have will be taken away from them. Now I want you to get this in context. The reason why I speak about this is because I don't want you to lose what you have. We're going to shift this thing and say, we're going to take that scripture and say, God, I want my car, I want my house, I want my business, I want my position because I'm breaking that generational thing in my life. But if you're not going to make a decision, I'm telling you as a man of God tonight, standing on the word of God, you will. this scripture will be effective in your life forever. The second thing is, I, I just spoke to you about. It. He that has a car and a home shall have more cars and homes. A person is if you have one house, I guarantee you, you're already looking at another house. Yes. Am I speaking the truth? Yes. You have two houses or three houses? If you have one car, guaranteed, there might be another one coming or another one in the garage or your wife drives one or your children drives one. Am I correct in that? Secondly, he that has a job shall have more job offers. The one who has a job is more likely to get more jobs. If you are the chef at the Intercontinental in Santon, you are very likely to get a job offer to go and work in Mauritius at the Intercontinental. Correct? If you just finished the chef school and have no job, and are unemployed it's very unlikely that intercontinental Mauritius will contact you because he that has more will be given to him that's just how it is am I right pastor? he that has money will have more money thank you for the one amen he that has one million will quickly have another million He that has resources will have more resources. That's just how life, that's just the principle of Mark chapter 4. He that has, more will be given to you. Why? Because we've spoken a lot about this. It's all about stewardship. All about stewardship. That's just it. If I'm a good steward, I will have more. If I'm a bad steward, taken away from me. If I don't look after my clients, I'm going to lose them. And they will be taken from you and given to you. If I don't look after my church, God's going to take away and he's going to give it to another church up the road. And we can go through life like that. Anything in life, you don't look after it, you'll lose it. And so that's just how Mark chapter 4 is speaking about. The third thing is, he says, he that has a child will even have more children. So people who have children are more easily to give birth to another child. Except those who are over 40, you are excluded from this. It's a sad paradox that we're dealing with. Those who do not have children or do not want children will not have, and will be given to another. He that has the anointing and pay the price for the anointing and look after the anointing and prices the anointing, will receive more anointing. He that doesn't recognize the anointing, that doesn't want the anointing. Not, a price, not paying the price for the anointing? The anointing will be taken away from you. That's why I am constantly conscious of, I need to have more anointing. I need to operate in the glory. I'm going to be a faithful steward. My flesh doesn't want to do this. My flesh doesn't want to enter into this. My circumstances doesn't allow into it. But those are the prices I pay to enter into the anointing. And once I'm in this realm of the anointing of God, of the glory of God, if I look after what God has given me tonight by administering deliverance and bringing the baptism of the Holy Ghost, preaching a word of the presence of God, if I'm faithful in this, next Sunday when I come back, you'll say, oh, Dad's on another level. He's operating another dimension. No, nothing changed. I'm still praying the same prayers. I'm still doing the same old thing. It's just I've been faithful when I preach for 10 people this year and when I preach in Ruriport for 80 people and preach, that's when I, in Ruriport, remember, we preached there for 80 people or something. Another church, um, 100 people. I was faithful. I preached to those 100 people and those 80 people like I would preach to you and preach to big crowds. And I'm faithful in the little. Therefore, God can entrust me with the biggest platforms in the world that's why I can preach on television to millions of people crowds used to affect me we must get the crowds we must get the crowds until I realized this principle be faithful with that small crowd be faithful with those 10 clients be faithful with those little ones and it will increase hallelujah let me give you two more things. He that has political power will have more political power. The Bush family, George Bush, from him two more American presidents came. The Kennedy family produced two more Ken, uh, presidents. Because out of them came more presidents. It's very likely I will produce two more preachers. Nikki and Michael. Faithful of them. Those who have, more will be given. Come on, are you still with me? He that has education will have more education. (laughs) It's very likely that if you are born from a doctor's family that you'll become a doctor. It's very possible that your children will do what you do. So if your education is a farmer, accountant, pastor, lawyer, doctors, whatever, very likely through your education will come more. He that has friends, let me add this, in high places, (laughs) shall have more friends in high places. (laughs) He He that is famous will become more famous. Someone who is famous is very likely to become more famous if he continues to do the things he used to do. An unknown person in a village down there in Kenya sorry Kenya He's not likely to become famous in the next year unless he makes a decision to become famous. Now that was physical or natural things. Let me speak to you about spiritual things and then I want to come in for a close. He that has knowledge of God will receive more knowledge of God. The evangelist that, that has one Many souls this year to the Lord is very likely to produce more souls. If you led one person to the Lord this year, you will not lead another one to the Lord in, before the end of this year. Very unlikely. That's why I'm confident to say you're not going to lead somebody to the Lord. Because 11 months is done and you've got one person going to heaven. That's very unlikely you'll get another one. Because, but the person, Mavis... Gaza, Sepiso, Nikki, the people that win soul lot are very likely to get more soul saved. Very likely. They got, yesterday, what was it? 72, you got 50 and 72 people got saved while you all were all watching um, whatever and the Ephesians were not even close by. Uh, 72 people got saved. Sorry Ephesians, you had to throw that in. But you know... <laughs> We have to understand, we have to get into the place of winning souls to Christ. We all have work and family issues. Just playing with you. I can do it with them. All of you others will get offended and resign from church. But it's amazing. If I win souls to Christ, I'm going to get more souls to Christ. If we lead people to Christ on a Sunday year and nobody gets saved Today, for instance, today people got saved, but let's say nobody got saved today. Next Sunday is difficult. The week after that is even more difficult. That's why we have to keep the momentum going of getting souls in because he that has gathers more. Amen. 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 A pastor has a big church, it's very likely to have another big church. A pastor has church buildings, seems to build more buildings. Churches with high income will have high income, the coming here. Are you with me here tonight, family? Now, what is this? What causes these things? Write down three or four things and no one, we're going we're gonna to close. What is the characteristics, the attitudes to have this scripture manifested that I can have more? How many of you would like to know that? One, number one, you need to be diligent. If you want more, you need to become diligent in your work. Because diligence makes people rich. Diligence is a personal trademark of a great leader. And diligence will lead to promotion, I guarantee you. If you are diligent, promotion is waiting for you. Number two, you need to have faith. Because you need to have faith to overcome big problems and obstacles. Number three, I'm just running through this. You need to have virtue, which is love. If you don't have love, I'm telling you now. You will not operate in the dimension of more. Number four, you must have knowledge. Now I can stand on this one for two, three weeks. But you need to have knowledge. Because the Bible says that knowledge is a treasure. If you don't have knowledge, you don't have a treasure. How do I get Mark chapter four to operate in my life? I become diligent. I have faith. I have virtue. I have knowledge of my stuff. Now, let me just give you something here. Wisdom is from God. Knowledge is what I study, what I get, what I read. The Bible says the whole earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. That means I need to teach the glory. Not wisdom, knowledge of the glory of God. So there's a lot of things on the knowledge. Oh, number five. I hope you can handle this one. You need to have a good temperance. Temperance. You need to have a nice attitude. Is that right? Your temperament must be nice. Patience, number six. Because patience produces forth fruit. I want to carry fruit. Well, produce patience. Hello? As a matter of fact, if you can speak in tongues, the fruit of the Spirit should be there. Can you tell me what's the nine fruits of the Spirit? Hmm? I've given you the nine gifts. I've studied that with you. Maybe I should do the nine fruits of the Spirit in the mornings. Amen? Because that's something we don't even know. We can go to number four or five but the fruit of the spirit is not teaching the Bible uh, in the church and our people don't operate in that. and the pastors here teach your people on the I taught the people here Sunday nights on the gifts of the Holy Spirit teach them on the on the fruits of the spirit take every fruit and do a whole series on that I don't have messages you've got enough messages you can we can stand we can go the right 2020 with the fruits of the spirit You must have patience. You must have godliness. Number seven, godliness. Number eight, you must have brotherly love. And number nine, you must have charity, giving. Those are the things that will cause you to have more. More in my life. More in your life. More of God. More of everything. But I have to apply these principles. Because when I serve in the kingdom of God, I'm telling you right now, the glory of God will come upon us in a supernatural way. Amen. Do you believe it tonight with me, your family? Now, um, I want to receive this offering tonight as well. But I want to say this to you. We have to go the extra mile with people. We have to go the extra mile with people. A criteria to follow Jesus is to go the extra mile. It's amazing to me that we cannot sometimes go the extra mile for people. We have to go the extra mile. If we really want to see the presence of God manifested in our generation, we have to learn to go the extra mile. We get people to church. we with them. We love them. We stand with them. That's the criteria to follow Jesus. Another criteria is that you need to let go of your position. You need to learn to serve in the kingdom. Amen? If you don't serve, you are in very big trouble. Very big trouble. Some people serve with the gift. Some people give, serve in the, in the ministry of giving. The Bible says in Corinthians, there's always a place to serve, but make sure you don't just warm that uh, chair. Serve. Get involved. Do things for the kingdom of God. Amen? What else is there? The glory of God will always be tested in your life. When the glory comes, you'll be tested. How are you going to handle the glory? How are you going to handle the presence of God? We all get tested on those things. When the anointing comes, it's fine. But when the glory comes, you'll be tested. For sure. I don't look at people how they bless me. You must understand that. We pray for them. We love them. It's my, it's my, um, it's my honor to pray for them. But what I'm more concerned about is how you handle power. And that is something that, I, that, that I've been observing my whole life. We can go to dinner, and we can have the greatest time there, greatest food, whatever. That doesn't impress me. What impresses me is the car guard that we're going to say goodbye to. And the waiter that served you. Because people who have power Change. I don't know why. I send people out. and I say, go there and go and do a service for me. They come back. All of a sudden, their accent changed. <laughs> they come from Regen Park there and they're all happy. And then they come back. as, now, you know, uh, Pastor Nikki, People got slain in the power of... Because power came. Now power changes their mind. Power changes everything. Now all of a sudden they need, they have a church of 20 people, 30 people. Now they have to have two bodyguards and three. It's like, come on, man. You're still in the school room. You don't need nobody there. Until you have 500 people, you don't need no bodyguard. Nothing. So you need to understand when power comes, that's how we deal with it. How do you deal with power? Because if you have power, more will be given. But if you misuse power, it will be taken away from you. And you're going to be tested in the glory of God. You're going to be tested on these things. Amen. So, yeah, this is what I wanted to say. I think that's my story for tonight. Don't get prideful. Amen. Pastor, they all cried when I pre- preached there. Everybody cried. And they're like all this puffed up. Meantime, they actually did a funeral for me. (laughs) Everybody's going to cry. But we need to understand. (laughs) It's my colored friends that, uh, I'll say my colored friends, they know how to brag. Is that right? I didn't say that, they say that. We know how to brag. We had 5,000 people and there's only 50 people. But anyway, you'll be tested with power. You'll be tested with the anointing. You'll be tested with the glory. You'll be tested with the presence of God. If you can can do what I taught you tonight, be diligent. Be patient. Work hard with that. all. Be diligent, man. Just be diligent to be in that usher. Be the best usher. And promotion will come. Because he that has, more will be given to him. Amen. Now tonight, I just wanted to come and share that with you. I believe God is going to increase you more and more. In the next, what is, what is left? 40, 40, 50 days before the end of the year? What's it? 46 days of Christmas? 45 days to Christmas. So we've got 45 days left to Christmas plus another 6 days, 51 days. And then we are saying, bye 2019 and 2020 is on the way. But I don't want you to go into 2020 with nothing. If you have, more will be given in 2020. Amen. Do you receive the word of the Lord tonight? For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email All the details are on the back of the product pack.